can money buy you happiness? For some of us, growing up money could have been viewed as a source of happiness. After we get to a point in our lives, we find it easier to purchase things because money is always there. Life gets busier and we often become disconnected from the journey we experience with money. During our conversation, we're going to talk about if money can truly buy you happiness and what you can do to change your perspective. So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you who live demanding lives, who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. Hey, Smarter Vets, this is CJ Burnett and Tom Seco. We are financial advisors that work with veterinarians across the United States. We are the owners of Florida Veterinary Advisors and the hosts of the Smarter Vet Podcast. Our mission is to reduce financial stress from the veterinary community by providing them the next step in their plan. Make sure to check out all of our other great resources available on our website, such as complimentary race CEs, our assessments, videos, articles. You can find all of them by visiting flvetadvisors.com. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New, New Year. Year. New you. Money can actually, I'm excited for this episode because I'm just, I, can't, I can't handle it, Tom. I'm just going to tell him the answer. Money can buy you happiness. We have proof. Yes, we it can. Proof. <laughs> it actually can, but then after a while, it, it maybe maybe it doesn't. It, it, so it does it does die off. I will say, I get really excited when I buy a new pair of shorts, but those new pair of shorts aren't really that exciting after six months. Yeah, so no, absolutely. It does well, wear what's, off. What's really cool about this episode too, I think, just to introduce this in here, is that this is a a little bit of a a, a teaser to a certain degree of a, a presentation we did with Get Motivated about health and wellness where we talk about money and happiness. Uh, and we're actually going to be working on so many other more projects with them throughout the coming years of just some things that we can do to inject. So if you want to go take a look at that course, you can go find it in the link below in our description of this podcast. And if you use the code SmarterVets, you get an exclusive 25% off the course. Yeah, our friends over at Get Motivated did that exclusively for you. So we, we attached to this episode as well for these studies. So if you want to go see, there's one on the Harvard Business Review. And then there's another one by like, I forget. Business like Insider. Amazon. Business Insider. Okay, cool. One of the studies actually pinpoints, because I think they polled a bajillion people or something. And, and they said that happiness actually starts to peak and, and kind of teeter and off and level off once someone's making about $85,000 of income. Mm, 85,000, huh? 85,000, 85,000 annual income. That's before, before taxes. A lot of people are probably listening to this going, wait a minute. Like I, I make that. Why am I not happy? Well, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk because, because maybe our financial woes aren't necessarily financial. Mm. Yeah. And Actually, in the, the recording, the presentation that we do would get motivated, you can get more on this, but there's this thing called the fulfillment curve. So that thing where would, CJ was talking about, once we get to that level, hey, now it's, does our happiness kind of increase? Does it kind of level off? Uh, and what's incredible about that uh, is that there's, there's different phases of our life where, you know, the first few thousands of dollars that we make really go to like survival. Right. I'm sure you rent. can think of what survival is like. Yeah. I got I got to pay my rent. <laughs> Electricity, <laughs> groceries, groceries, diapers uh, if you got a brand new kid, right? That's like a necessity, right? Yeah, probably some clothes too because I mean you can't 
walk around in public that's true. With, without clothes unless you're at a, a certain you know place that's around the corner from where i live where it's optional but <laughs> yeah that's the- <laughs> well i yeah but setting in the second few thousands of dollars go to general comforts right like uh, a decent car loan or starbucks you know you can go to starbucks instead of necessarily making coffee at your home right that that's kind of more of a a comfort thing it just something that you don't necessarily uh, have to, you're not in survival mode at that point, right? You've made enough money where you, you can do a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It's like the Nespresso too. I mean, I love that Nespresso. So good. But anyway, you could also be <laughs> replacing old furniture. I mean, you've got like old stuff that's sitting around. You're like, I'm going to buy a new sofa. Like you finally right. got that ability to do that, which is pretty cool. Uh, right, that's a comfort. Yeah. And then there's the, the third level where we talk about is luxury. So it's where you get to a certain part where, you know, you've got your comforts, your survival and your comforts are handled. And now you're just to a part where you got money coming in and you spend money and you right. really might not think about it. And well, this is a- like, this is like, you know, getting the Lexus and not just necessarily a Toyota, right? Like mm. you're able to, you're able to do a little bit more beyond what is, is typical. Booking, I mean, booking a random trip to go somewhere all the time because <laughs> you just can't. It's just, it's a possibility. Or getting the new iPhone. I mean, if you are an iPhone, so I mean, there's some people listening to this, maybe have Androids, but I'm, you know, maybe I'm it's sorry, the latest I Android. Thought, I, I'm sorry. I <laughs> thought that was covered under survival because that's a necessity. Oh, uh, yeah. That is, uh, that is, a, the, I, I, the iPhone, you need an iPhone before you need groceries, right? So, oh, yeah. No, I mean, the, I mean, that's the order of priorities. I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, even today, I mean, it could be considered more of a comfort because I mean, the way these, these phone companies are making it to where every year you just pay a couple dollars a month and they give you a new right. one and you're just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think eventually you do have enough, right. Based on these studies. And, and according to these studies, the average working person making $85,000 is, is there, right. They're, they're at that, that level of what is considered enough. Most of the time, people who have enough don't really pay close enough attention to their spending and their money appears to work well without them having to really do much. Like mm. it gets to a part where it's like, hey, I've got money coming in and I spend money. <laughs> and right, I and will tell you. Yeah, they, they don't, and they don't really try, like, they don't really have to pay attention to it because it just kind of works, right? Money's always there. So it just like, it's like clockwork. Right. And, and we, we found that like so many people who tend to operate this way, because unless you are like financial nerds like CJ and I, uh, unless you have a system in place, there's, you could leave a lot of opportunity uh, that could go to waste and find out later that, man, I made a lot of mistakes that I was unaware of. Right. And, and this uh, is- and what, what are those mistakes? Like you're talking about like buying stuff that wasn't necessarily a necessity? Let's, I mean, like- let's say that I, I purchased too big of a house because it's like, you know, hey, I, I thought I could afford that house. Or, you know, I, I went on all these different trips because I thought I could do it and I neglected saving for my future. You know, it, it, it kind of reminds me of that um, person we met with not too long ago. Uh, mm. She's so this person was 65 years old. Um, she had saved roughly about $85,000 for her retirement and uh, came to us to, to get a retirement plan. And, and we kind of had to break it to her that at the age of 65, with $85,000 saved, like that's just not going to be enough to provide for the level of income that she was looking to get. She, she was thinking that she was going to have, be able to, to, to spend retirement doing a lot of things she wanted to do and, and come to find out from a financial perspective, she's, she's not. And mm. I think that's a classic example of somebody that 
you know, they just kind of operated day to day ongoing throughout their life. They never really made a whole lot of, uh, they never really put a whole lot of intentionality behind saving money or, or making sure that their financial decisions were, were really up, uh, in, in, in a priority list of priority from, from most, most important to least important, important, even from, uh, from the perspective of, of what she needed to do on a day-to-day basis. Right. So, and, and in that circumstance too, like we pretty much are working with a limited amount of time because it's, you can't, make up a lot of that distance. And there, you know, there is another example where we have, you know, someone who's 45 who bought too big of a house. They became house poor. They couldn't even put right. furniture in their house because uh, it costs so much. And then they had to also put their wedding on credit because they didn't have any cash. Yeah. They, yeah. They use all their, all their cash to get into that home. When, when banks approve you for a certain more, uh, amount of mortgage, sometimes they're looking at your, your income historically, but then, you know, if your income goes down and you just bought as much house as you could, you know, that can really strap you from a financial perspective, create some stress. And here's, here's a fun fact. If you're making in a household of over $200,000, you are the top 10% of income earners. Can you yeah, believe those numbers that? numbers just came out. Yeah, those numbers just came out pretty recently, right? And I'm, I'm sure like, of course, you if you are a single veterinarian right now, you're probably like, I'm not making that. Well, there is a certain number, of course, like when we talk about the happiness index, like if you're earning a certain amount, like, holy cow, like you should have some breathing room, but if you don't feel that way, like, well, maybe there's some things you need to take a closer look at. If a vet marries a vet, they're probably making over $200,000 a year. Easy. That they're in the top 10% of income earners, right? And they're, they're, and if you're listening to this and you're in that category, you're probably thinking, what? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't feel like that. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm struggling, right? Maybe, maybe you have a lot of kids or maybe there's, you know, you, you don't really have a handle around your cash flow situation, or, or maybe you live in a state where the costs are really high. But, you know, I, I, a lot of the times we find that when people make a certain level of income, and that is probably about 85,000 and up, budgeting is almost non-existent. In fact, they find it a lot of the times hard to do because, well, they don't really need to worry about it too much. Like things happen automatically. So every time people try to budget, it doesn't work because they, they realize that they just aren't motivated that much to, to make sure that money gets saved because money is always there. So why, what's the use of trying to save it if I'm just always going to have money being deposited on an ongoing basis because I'm working? That's a crazy thought. And the effects of it are that Oftentimes you leave opportunity on the table. Absolutely. We, we talk a lot about this happiness index. And if you really want to dive further into this conversation as well, uh, make sure to look for the link in the description of this podcast for the Get Motivated University. Uh, you'll be able to access the health and wellness course that was created. And you can use the code SMARTERVETS to get 25% off, which is amazing. So I definitely go check a look at that if you want to learn more. So we all know that money is a contributor to happiness, but there are many wealthy people who like are unhappy. Mm. When you look at your current level of happiness based on your financial circumstance, what would you rate yourself? Like from a, from a one to a 10, like, so one being like financial stuff just actually makes you unhappy. It, it actually, you avoid it. And then 10 being like, you're checking your accounts all the time and you're constantly trying to figure out what more you can do in order to capture savings opportunity, invest, right. And, and put money to work for you, as opposed to you always having to work for money. Right. That's, that's probably a 10. Like, mm. where are you on, on that, on that scale of happiness? Where are you on that scale of joy? 
because there's a difference. Happiness is typically circumstantial. Joy is this peace that you find in, internally that regardless of your circumstance, you, you, joy is always something that it, it's kind of how you think and it's how you, it's what you choose to, to, to mentally chew on. How, where are you from a one to a 10 as far as contentment? Sometimes we're not content and, and maybe you aren't making enough money, right? Maybe, maybe in more income is the solution. So what are you going to do to increase your income? And, and if you're going to increase your income, how much do you want need it to increase for you to be a 10 on the contentment scale? The scary thing about this too, just thinking about that CJ is that many people, as we talk to them, like they live their day-to-day -day lives without much thought going towards what they want from their finances. The thing to remember is that you're going to end up somewhere. Is it going to be on purpose or is it going to be on accident? And a lot of the times the level of excitement comes down to how you're addressing your finances. And we commonly refer to this like as your reasons for planning. And are you even dreaming about what you want from your finances? It's incredible the amount of conversations that we have where we ask that. And what are your reasons for this? And if you don't have any you might want to start considering them because that's going to help be a driving factor for you. And ask yourself this question. When you look at your life in the next six months, one year, maybe even two years, what would you need to be working towards or have accomplished during that time period to feel successful? And th these are things that get you to dream. They get you to think, they get you to and you do have to reflect a little bit of, mm -hmm. of, cause I know that I've thought that I've wanted something and then I got it. And then I was like, meh, <laughs> like it just, <laughs> the you know, same way. I'm trying to think, uh, uh, I, so many people are going to probably write me emails complaining about what I'm about to say. Okay. This is going to offend a lot. I, of I, I've got my email open right now, CJ. This, this is going to offend a <laughs> lot of people. Are you ready? Cause I'm about to, I'm about to drop a, a truth bomb, a Taylor guitar. I wanted it for years. I bought one. It's okay. <laughs> right now, I, now every guitar player has got their phones out. They're like immediately emailing. I know you're emailing me right now. Don't do it. I'm going to delete them. I have a delete button. Yeah. I thought about like, getting, you know, one thing is I've like, I always wanted a drone and I love my drone, but it's like, <laughs> it's okay. Like, <laughs> I got one. What do I do with it now? Like, <laughs> I did to do something with it. <laughs> yeah, like, well, yeah, you, I mean, you, you had a couple of things that you were, you were working on. You did some, you did some little bit of production there. I remember, but I think it yeah. actually, it seemed like you kind of, yeah, it's like, well now, now what do I do with it? So with that question that we had talked at the very beginning of this, and actually we gave you the answer is can money buy you happiness? Yes. It's a contributor to happiness, but it can't be the only thing that makes you happy. My, and you know, one thing, Tom, I always think of whenever I think of happiness and money and, and people get this wrong. People think that money is the root of all evil. And, and I think veterinarians by and large, we, there are large groups of, of veterinarians out there that say, well, you know, I can't, I can't really find happiness in money. I can't really like get excited about money because money is evil. If you go read the scriptures, it actually doesn't say that money is the root of all evil. It actually says that the love of money is the root of all evil. So it's important to know that money plays a role, 
And it's, it's just a resource. It's a tool. So, you know, using that tool, the way it, the way to, to help yourself, to help other people, to help your family, to get, to get ahead in certain ways and, and to leverage that tool, just like you would leverage any tool in your business or in your personal life and separating that from necessarily the love of money. Cause that's different. Hmm. The love of money, right? When, when money becomes something that consumes you where like, you're not going to be happy until you have more and more and more. Like I can tell you that game, that game does not end. You're just always going to want more. It's never going to end. So money, sometimes we feel like that's the problem when it's actually not right. Because we, what we really need to look at is how are we using our money and how do we make our money? How do we make our financial decisions help, help us make, make, find contentment and joy and happiness and in our circumstance right now and how we view things as opposed to just always saying, well, you know, my, my life will be better when I make X number of dollars, Tom and I, we, we both know that game. We've played that game first. I mean, we've been in the business for over 10 years now, right? It was always like, oh, well, I'll be happy when I make X number of dollars. And then you get there and you're like, okay, well, I'll be happy when I make double this. And then you get there and then you're like, okay, well, I'll be happy when I make double that. And then you get there. And then it's like, it never ends. It never ends. Money, money is not the problem. It is not. Look, if your finances are not providing a sense of happiness to you, this can be an opportunity to take that next step. And we want to offer you a complimentary meeting to talk with us. Just contact us. Uh, there's no ob- expectations from us and there are no obligations to invest or buy insurance by spending an hour with us. If you want a quick response, text 813-491-9089. You can also find it in the description or visit our website in the podcast description as well. This is CJ Burnett. And I'm Tom Seco. Wishing you a lifetime of financial success. Don't forget to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race-approved CE webinars, podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. CJ Burnett and Tom Seco are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, and financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. CJ Burnett's and Tom Seco's California licenses are 0K79676 and 0K80141, respectively. Security products and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, a registered broker-dealer, investment advisor, member of FINRA and the SIPC, and a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Florida Venture Advisors is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. This podcast is for information purposes only guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by park avenue securities guardian or florida veterinary advisors and opinions stated are their own links to external sites are provided for your convenience in locating related information and services guardian its subsidiaries agents and employees expressly disclaim any responsibility for and do not maintain control recommend or endorse third-party sites organizations products or services and make no representation as to the completeness suitability or quality thereof submission number 2021-1297 Expires November of 2023.